Welcome to the Keeney Interviews. Through this series, you will meet leading practitioners from the water sector and hear their stories. Together, we will address water challenges and discuss how best to face them. Keeney is the Malaysian word for current, and this initiative promotes the flow of ideas within the water sector. Hello, today's interview is with Pritha Haridam. Pritha is the Program Manager for Water and Sanitation Services Program with the International Water Association. Pritha is an engineer and also a wastewater expert. In today's interview, we discuss how different entities can work better with funding agencies and development banks through a partnership model in order to achieve mutually identified objectives. We talk about women in water and leadership roles that women are taking up in water and what Pritha sees in her experience working with global utilities. We speak about ways to connect middle and senior managers to better share knowledge as these people are the ones who are really out there implementing policy and trying to affect change with a variety of stakeholders, and we speak about self-assessment tools. Um, in particular, we speak about the one that the IWA has developed, but self-assessment tools for utilities can really help utilities to understand where they're at in terms of their current state of both human resources and technical capacity in order for them to better invest limited financial resources to get that utility in a space that they're going to be sustainable in the long term with achieving objectives and being able to manage risk and shocks. So I hope that you will enjoy this interview with Pritha. And with that, I am Karen Delfo, and here it is. Pritha, thank you so much for joining us for your kidney interview today. Um, let's get started with talking about your background. I've, I've always worked in the water sector. Uh, predominantly focusing on water supply and wastewater treatment, um, water quality management, um, followed by uh, more development work related to wash work on the ground, including yeah investments of large uh, projects for the public sector in the Asia-Pacific region. I, I've, I've worked in... Uh, quite a few countries and, and lived there as well, um, starting with Australia, followed by the Philippines and Indonesia and uh, a lot of the South Asian countries in um, India, Sri Lanka, Bhutan, Bangladesh and a, and a few others. And now I am here in the Netherlands, uh, been working at the International Water Association as the program manager for the Water Supply and Sanitation Services Program for the last um yeah, almost coming up two years where uh, the primary role of mine is to um, kind of push the knowledge of best practices in, in the water supply and sanitation sector, uh, working with a lot of utilities globally, regulators and um, academia, and, and also in partnership with um, key agencies like the WHO, um, development banks like the IDB, World Bank, ADB, and a few private financiers as well. I find that my past experiences have helped a lot. Um, going going down to the basics of, you know, having that understanding on design engineering, you know, the fundamentals of um how a water supply or a wastewater system works, what, what can't work um, engineering-wise, what can't work um, 
in in compliance wise uh, has has been really really important in taking that knowledge further e- even when you're talking about large investments of uh, projects which are over 200 300 million dollars to understand what can actually go in on the ground and what can't you know because when when you do these pre feasibilities they're based on a lot of assumptions and if you if you don't know uh, the basics of or the fundamentals of what can work and what can't work and and you're relying on other expertise to provide that which which is really important uh, but you without you having that knowledge it's it's very hard to steer a successful um, investment program on the ground as well without even understanding what's happening on the ground it's very hard to push best practices because you know you, um and I, and I think that's where there sometimes is a discourse between um, research and academia and practice. You know, usually research and academia, you know, they, they're building things uh, based on uh, conceptual or, or even if it's applied science. But it, why why isn't it taken up on the ground? It's because there is a mismatch of understanding of what are the barriers or the levers in the ground that um, are, are stopping this from, from happening. So having a bit of an all-rounded idea of uh, practical versus, you know, um, conceptual uh, plays an incredibly important role in in my work, especially um, in my most recent work um, in the last few years, because even though you are, um, during my time at the ADB, even though you are discussing and conceptualizing and designing a large investment program, uh, which is based on a lot of feasibility and assumptions uh, without knowing the, the truth to the ground, what really needs to happen. Um, it, it's very hard to design something uh, so big. You have spoken about design engineering, uh, mm-hmm. particularly in the context of water quality. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. you can share a little bit more about what design engineering entails and how you've implemented t- design engineering in Australia and then in the Asia Pacific. A lot of the work that I, I did in, in design engineering was around uh, treatment plants. So the design engineering work that I looked into and, and I was working was all around, you know, uh, log reductions of uh, pathogens, how, how to achieve that to be comp- compliant with the legislation then. And it, it was incredibly fascinating because we were always on the ball in terms of, you know, knowing what the most advanced technology was out there, the most uh, energy efficient. Slightly different in an in a Asia Pacific realm, depending on where you work. Um, and most of my Asia Pacific work has been in developing countries. So that kind of high end technical is not particularly what I have applied on the ground in Asia Pacific. Um, Especially following my work uh, post disaster, it's, it's definitely technically not you know the high end. It's getting water from point A point B, having a, a reasonable sanitation system. Whether you know this could be ranging from toilets to just normal septic tanks that gets emptied. But um, but they both come with their own complexities. So in Australia, it's the actual engineering complexities that you deal with, lesser so the human resource capacity or the legislative capacity or the financial capacity even to to absorb this but whereas in, in the asia pacific where i've worked it's it's the it's the flip side you you kind of uh, do uh, the low cost um engineering solutions which is perhaps not the most uh advanced or um 
novel or innovative, but then it's probably the, uh, it comes with the other complexities that you have to deal with on human resource capacity, financial capacity, legislative capacity, and, and so on and so forth. It sounds in a sense like you're this sort of risk assessment machine who comes in and you're like, okay, this is all the things that we could do in terms of the technologies that could be applied to solve this problem. Absolutely. And and I think from my side, one thing that uh, I guess I have struck gold in is it's the t- teams that I've always worked with. You know, um, these are these are multidisciplinary teams that that everyone knows what they need to do to keep the, the train moving. Um, and, and this is whether it's back in Australia or it's in the Asia Pacific region. Um, so a huge part of it is the team that you work with and how how you navigate through that. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, you can be the best engineer, the best scientist or, you know, the, the best whatever on this planet. But if you cannot communicate just within your teams or, or and, and primarily with your clients um, or, and or your partners, then you, you, you are re- you have to be ready to set to fail here as well. Um, as, as they always say in, in, in the water sector, the hardware is not the hardest part. It's actually the software, getting the capacity in, getting the financials in, getting the legislative legislation in, the regulation, the frameworks. That's the hardest part of the institutional reform. It's the, the, the easiest is putting the pump in the pipes in the ground. What does realistic in, you know, inverted commas, whatever quotes mean for improved water management? Um because your work with the ADB and some of the tensions you've experienced and worked through, you know, how do you actually determine what is realistic and how do you address this issue of mismatch working in parallel with governments and, and their expectations, I guess? When you start to work with governments, you, you, you have to understand what their environment is. You know, can, can certain things be applied here? Can it not? If it can't, and if that's what you'd like to apply, what's the time scale you're working on? You've got to be able to break this down to, to, you know, that, that, that little block level and, and assess it to be able to take things forward. Um, but not always is it that easy to do because there is a mismatch and the mismatch that you actually are referring to is um, the, the timelines to preparing a project and signing a loan and dispersing the money, you know, because at the end of the day, they are also a bank. So how, how do you find this balance? It's, it, it's quite tricky, but this is where um, these banks have actually a great role. They play a very great role, which sometimes they, they do not realize that it. it's because they have this long-term relationship with these countries or these governments or these national, um, you know, agendas which they can work over time. Okay, you might not get it in the next loan. Uh, there might be a push for it from external parties, but you might not get it in the next loan. But then you know that there are going to be subsequent loans that come after. So you've got to start working for that subsequent loan now itself rather than just looking at the short term of, you know, okay, I have a loan coming up that I have to prepare for the next two years. I'm only going to focus on that and then get that out and then look at the next two. No, you kind of have to think, okay, these guys are probably going to be ready for this kind of a transformational shift or a change because all these other things need to happen. And we know that this is a trajectory of that happening, but it's not going to happen for the next eight years. And I do know I will have loans in the next eight years. So let me start working on that and preparing for that as well as, as I'm doing the more immediate medium term. So it's it's kind of a, 
a balance, but I have to be honest with you, you don't get that luxury all the time, you know, because there are timeline pressures, funding pressures, donors saying, have you spent the money yet? And, and so on and so forth. So it's a nice turn that you use there, realistic. But I think realistic is us understanding what's real and being able to accept that and move forward and still try and give the best that you can give for water management on the ground for that medium to long term. And um, it's, it's that partnership, right? It, that, that's the key thing here, because if you're going to, if you're going to want to build something, it needs to be a partnership driven initiative. You know, it cannot be something that you as the donor push that agenda towards them. And likewise, even if the demand has come from the the client or the government, the donor should be also ready to take that on and, and influence what they can influence throughout that process. So it takes uh, both people to have a shared vision. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. You know, it's um, building a relationship, having a strong partnership and getting a shared vision on the ground. And I, I can tell that there's, there's a lot out there where um, governments, you know, they, I mean, that's where they, repeatedly come to a, go to a certain donor because they have built that partnership, they've built that trust, and they are building that shared vision together. Can you talk a bit about some of the IWA initiatives that are coming up or that have been um, newly formed in terms of like the Leaders Forum, the Global Regulators Network, and what those types of uh, groups are doing and what they're achieving? These forums or the networks is what we 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 would loosely have it's a it's a platform for collaboration it gives an opportunity for peers to come together share their knowledge build build a voice around it and and develop uh some framing around a particular thematic area in the sector uh for example you know coming out of some of the utility leaders forum in the past years we have developed or or coined the Lisbon Charter, which is now quite vastly adopted by several utilities in, I guess, uh, designing how they operationalize their services for water supply and sanitation. So that's a really good example. Another one, which most recently, um, last year that we launched at our um, uh, World Water Congress in Brisbane is the water-wise principles. Basically, I mean, it's nothing incredibly new that we're saying, but what we have done is we've deduced the language of, if you like to say, IWRM, you know, or Integrated Urban Water Management to, for for the target audience that we work with, you know, our utilities, the water practitioners, understanding, okay, what do we mean by improving water supply and sanitation services? We're talking, we're not talking basic services here, we're talking regenerative services and, 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 and working to that. But these platforms or these forums are the ones that um, come together, bring their heads together. Um, you know, we have a unique opportunity of having some great minds all locked up in a room and getting them to work and actually putting these thought pieces out um, under the banner of IWA so it can be taken up globally as an international way or if you like to say a standard of working. Um, likewise, you know, the the Leaders Forum as well, and uh, more specifically, uh, some of our specialist groups have come together and we've got now performance standards for utilities, you know, international standards. 
for utilities to to navigate through. So, and the more recent one is the regulators network, where we've uh, got a good group of regulators globally that have um, come together, I think, about three or four times now over the last few years in discussing water, but also economic regulation around that. So um, it's, a, it's a unique position that we've been able to draw these people together. It's these pieces of work that comes out of you know these platforms that we disseminate widely as these are the best practices these are the the frameworks that um, we believe in that you know utilities or municipalities or regulators should be adopting to improve water management and um, uh, water services globally so and then it's just a matter of taking those frameworks and somehow contextualizing them for whatever country or priorities. That is why we also come up with frameworks that are also quite broad to be able to then deduce it to the, the local level that it can be applied to. So, you know, like for example, if you, if you pick up uh, our principles for water wise cities, um, not everything would nicely apply for every single country or every single city, but they would find a home for one or two of those actions, which then helps them build upon to develop or get stronger in other actions as well. Yeah. Have you seen that happen? Yes and no. We have a, a performance management system or tool that we developed in collaboration with the Inter-American Development Bank called Aquarating. This is all around, um, you know, kind of an assessment of where your performance is as a utility across all uh, utility um, uh, operational areas, not just service delivery, but also your governance structure, your human resource capacity, your finances. And then the nice thing about this is because, I mean, there are performance management systems out there. I mean, if you take ISO, ISO has got a well thought through performance management system for for businesses, but, um, and many utilities are ISO accredited? I mean, it's it's part of their mandates for some countries as well, where legislation expects you to be ISO X whatever zero zero whatever the number is to be accredited. But the the difference here is accrediting is just purely for the water sector, for water and wastewater services. Yeah. Uh, that that do that, and, and 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 which is nice because you then you can just focus on that particular sector. Um, on that particular piece of work. And um, a long story short, so for, for example, the Inter-American Development Bank are applying it across a lot of their utilities that they lend lend money to in a way to influence what where they need to actually put the investments in. You know, they, they are actually having uh, statistical concrete data now coming out that is independently validated. So it's not just a self-assessment tool or, you know, a consultant sitting there and just ticking the box. It, it's 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 independently validated as well, and that sometimes it also goes through audit, depending on some utilities that they want to go through that and a certification, which then gives them okay, this is exactly where I stand. This is where I need to improve. Uh, so this is where the donor is going to fund for the improvement. So there there is information there, realistic information that can help you navigate. And then of course when you go through that development and the implementation that improvement plan at another stage you will use accurating again to kind of test where you are to see how things are progressing so um in in 
IWA, we, we've, um, we've used this with the Millennium Challenge Corporation in Sierra Leone for one of the utilities there. And, and it is going to serve as uh, the basis of how they develop their utility improvement plan that MCC will be funding and implementing. And some of these other things that we have developed, you know, the, the, the water-wise principles and so on and so forth, what we're saying is, you know, the more and more utilities or municipalities adopt this, their chances of leveraging financing because they are adopting a best practice, which everyone wants to see um, uh, as a vision that the utilities or the cities have in in taking this forward. Because another thing is, you know, with financiers is that that's that's also a difference between development financiers and private finances, you know, um, as in commercial finances. It's it's talking about the credit worthiness. You know, where do I sink my money? Where it's the least risk? Um, development banks are in a position to take slightly higher risks, hence the type of funding that they do. Uh, whereas private financiers who are financing in the water sector can take lesser risks. So that's why they only finance certain types of things. But these kind of, um, I guess, tools, performance management systems, principles give some kind of uh, um, ability of uh, confidence to these financiers that, okay, you know, this entity that we are going to be financing or supporting or investing in are, you know, are on the right trajectory that matches our vision as well for better water and wastewater management. Is there guidance provided through the IWA uh, or through any of the other development partners to support a utility to go through a process like this or another agency to go through this kind of process? Um, So, yeah, two questions. First is um, how do you see utilities as being able to be critical? Uh, I think it's hard hard to report to your donor like, oh, sorry, guys, we want to be, you know, A plus across the spectrum, but there are a bunch of areas where we do need a lot of work. And yeah, this is how we're working to address it. But it's, I think culturally, sometimes it's also difficult to say yeah. that. What you're saying is absolutely true. There is there is a fear among like, no, I don't want to be certified. I don't want to be audited. What is this? You know, but it's it, it's the wrong way of how we are using this. You know, the, the idea of this is, is not to say, oh my God, look how bad you are. No, it's to kind of say, this is where our priorities and this is where we want investment to help we want we need external investment to help us in developing and and progressing further and and this is where well the utilities that have applied such a system so far that's their that's the the role yes and to answer your second question it is it can be comprehensive but that is why um whoever is using it um whether it's through iwa or idb the support is provided for them because it yeah it can be quite daunting as a lot of um, questions. There's a lot of um, uh, not very clear as well. Like pe- people can uh, clear in the sense. Um, you can ter- probably misinterpret parts yeah, of it too. Because not all utilities are in the same level playing field, right? Um, so they might not understand what do you what do you mean by this, and and you need someone who is from a utility background to navigate them through that too. And and this is where IWA has a unique position because, as I said, a lot of our members are utilities who would be able to um, provide that support. And that, and then that, that it's, it's all about that peer review, that peer sharing of information, you know, which, which makes it incredibly useful. 
also with our specialist group is provide that capacity building whether it's you know we've we've done a lot of training around um, water loss management in rw management performance-based contracting ppps you know um, and, and that's that unique position that we have we we are able to um, tap into our network and 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 facilitate um, such demands as they come in as well through through our other our donor partners or whoever else we work with as well. How do you think that we emerge as water professionals? If I take my my career path, <laughs> I, I would say yeah, it it just depends how you build it and 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 come up as a as a water professional and and a water professional today is not just an engineer. You know, before it's like oh I I work in water and sanitation the first question oh are you a civil engineer then you know um but today you you, you can have across the board you know you have uh people from uh yeah, law people from um institutional kind of reform uh organizational development who are water professionals because they've They've been working in building um, capacities of uh, water companies or community groups that manage water systems. So it's, um, I think, I think today when you say water professional, it's it's a it's a multidisciplinary team that's that's out there, you know, from social, sparing from social science, pure sciences, and engineering. As there's been more emphasis on emerging water professionals getting involved, are there possibilities within IWA for those people to partake in that knowledge sharing and participate in the mechanisms that the IWA has for putting together some of these principles and guidelines, um, both now and in the future? Absolutely. but um, And this is a wonderful thing about IWA. We do have a a huge uh, gathering of young water professionals Um virtually and or, um, you know, at, at, at events as well. But, um, for, for example, you know, uh, the IWA's um, Strategic Council had signed a SDG resolution last year, and the task force that is put together to work on these actions for SDGs uh, for, as part of the resolution is the young professionals, young water professionals, so which is really, really great because they're the ones who are deducing how, how they would like to work on this particular initiative for IWA, what is it that they want to uh, bring to the table, and and um, and, uh, and and then seeking support from uh, an advisory committee that uh, could be many other different types of members from the specialist groups. Uh, we are also seeing in the specialist, specialist groups there is a, a good um, gathering of young water professionals, but also the middle uh, professionals, um, where uh, who, who are uh, you know uh, perhaps our our prominent keynotes at some of our events and so on and so forth. So, yeah, there's a, there's a huge shift and and the young water professional um, group in IWA is 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 really alive and thriving and and it's truly global actually. In fact, um, some of our uh, national chapters, it is the young water professional chapters that are um, the, the strongest and, and most active. So, for example, other than the SDG example that you provided. Are there opportunities for the, the young water professionals to be involved in the Utility Leaders Forum? We we've also encouraged um, 
in our utility leaders forum, we also have encouraged us the CEOs that we invite to bring their emerging leader or their next next leader. And most of the time, this is uh, I wouldn't say it's the young water professionals. Um, it depends what you define as the age group of young water professionals, but it's that middle group of professionals um, in, in that area. Um, and, I, and likewise, also if you if you want to take gender into it, there's there's a, there's a healthy balance there, and that's something that we encourage and we move towards. Actually, I'll give you an example. At the last UTC Leaders Forum, which we had in Brisbane at the World Water Congress, my first panel was all female CEOs or board. In Australia, we we do have um, quite a few water utility CEOs who are female. And beyond Australia, do you also see, also see more women taking these upper leadership roles? Um, for example, in your work with Asia Pacific or even with governments, do you see, have you, over the course of the years, seen a transition with this also? Yes, yeah. Um, Asia Pacific is, um, it depends again which countries you're talking about. The, the Southeast Asia realm, you tend to see, uh, de- depends what, what belt you are, you, you see a, a nice mix of, of women and men in, in senior positions. Um, South Asia, depending on which country you work in, like, um, I perhaps, and I, I saw perhaps more in. in Kini is an initiative of the Australian Water Partnership and the International Water Centre Alumni Network. Kini connects water managers and shares knowledge throughout the Asia-Pacific. Visit our website at kini.org.au for more information and for videos, articles, news and more.